Hello, welcome to the couch. My name is Dr. Sears. I'm a licensed psychologist in the state of Florida. My practice is adults age 19 and up. And we talk about a lot of issues in therapy, such as depression, anxiety, relationships, both with yourself and with others, as well as chronic stress and trauma. So today we are doing part two of the psychology of money. We got into a little of this last week. Um, like I said, this week is a continuation of our four-part series on the psychology of money. So as a psychologist, particularly a cognitive behavioral psychologist, we look at a lot of how your irrational or faulty thoughts impact you as far as feeling anxious, feeling depressed, feeling low self-esteem, feeling nervous, frustrated, and so forth. Well, in last week's episode, we briefly touched on, you know, the negative limiting beliefs that you have with regards to money. And now we are going to get into it a little bit deeper. I am speaking from the highlights of Stefa Mantia's um, article in Money Tamer on 19 toxic limiting beliefs about money and how to overcome them. Um, I invite you to listen carefully and let me know if some of these beliefs are beliefs that you have held and actually engaged in. Um, the plan is to do seven of these. We're not going to do all 19 and just discuss them. Uh, the first one is I don't deserve a lot of money. This is a negative belief, according to Stefa, that centers on you thinking that something will prevent you from achieving more. Um, thinking that you're not good enough for money or for some reason you don't deserve it. And you know this isn't true, but you've convinced yourself that this belief is real and factually based. Um, you might have been led to believe this because of previous bad money habits, um, but that doesn't mean that you can't learn and be just as capable at handling money as well as anyone else. Um, you know, just because you got into debt and made bad decisions in the past doesn't mean you don't deserve money now. It doesn't mean that you can't learn how to be a good steward over money and make it work for you. And like we were saying last week, um, instead of using it for things, use it for leverage. Number two, um, having money is selfish. Now, this is a twofer, and I, I debated whether I was going to leave it separate or keep it in. Um, I'm going to leave it separate for now, but we will revisit this in a, in a few more steps when we talk about a different aspect of this. Having money is selfish comes from the belief that rich people are evil or um, that, you know, you have to be mean, ruthless, a bad person to be rich. Um, there are nice rich people just as there are mean ones, just as there are nice poor people and mean poor people. Um, there's no, nobody has a lockdown on being a bad person, whether you're rich or poor, basically. So it's not true that you have to be less of a person, less compassionate, less caring 
if you're rich. That is not the way it works. Having money, Stefa said, is not selfish. You can still be generous um, and help others if you have money, maybe even more so. Um, so cash on its own doesn't do anything. And I'm going to put my own emphasis on this. Being rich does not mean that you can't be of good character and be a good person. That's not what being rich means. It's what you do with what you have that determines your character and, you know, whether or not you're a good person. So um, number three, uh, let's see, I'm making sure it's in order. I got all my notes here. You have to hold your money close. So regardless of the amount that you have, you have to hold on to that money. Like, don't let anybody get it. Keep it to yourself. Um, what Stefa says is this comes out of financial anxiety. Um, holding on to your money so close can turn into greed. Um, if you didn't have a lot of money growing up, you might be afraid to part with it. You might be afraid to risk it in doing certain investment opportunities whether it's you know purchasing properties or getting in on business deals, you might be unwilling to take the risk. And this is my interpretation again, being unwilling to take the investment risk because it's taking you so long to get X amount of dollars in your bank account and you don't want to go back to when you were living paycheck to paycheck or you don't want to go back to when you had to worry about are you going to have enough to keep the lights on? Are you going to have enough to keep the phone on? Do you have enough to put some gas in the tank? You know, if that is where you were, let's acknowledge that's where you were. But let's also acknowledge that you don't have to hold on to it, you know, with both fists and your teeth in order to keep the money you have. You can take some calculated risk to grow your money. Um, so it's not true that you have to hold your money close. Um, the next one is that um, managing money is too much stress. This is one of those limiting beliefs about money that is entirely backward, according to Stefa. Um, actually not managing money is stressful. And many of you, you might come for me or you might be dreading me um, bringing up the B word again, budgeting or financial planning, because your philosophy is if I just don't look at the bills, if I just don't check my checking account, I can pretend like my finances are great. I can pretend like I'm not living on the edge here as, as regards to my finances or overspending the income that is coming in. That's what you don't want to do. You actually want to look at it, know how you're spending your money, know what money you need to have to set aside, know what money you need from week to week, month to month, so that you can stay within a financial plan and not overdraw your bank account, not have to pay late fees on bills, not have to rob Peter to pay Paul. You, know, you might have to do some creative financial things in the beginning to try to keep things running smoothly, but avoiding looking at your finances, what's coming in, what's going out, 
looking at what you can take away. And you might even be saying, Dr. Sears, look, I can't get rid of any more stuff. I understand. I get that. Have been there with you as far as thinking that I have, you know, got it down to as low as I can go as far as not doing anything extra and working to get out of debt. And I'm not getting any satisfaction in my life because I am steadily working to pay off bills. But again, initially it will be hard. It will be difficult to make those decisions and to stick to the plan, but it does work. And it is less stressful when you can see that you're able to put something aside just in case for a rainy day, or you're able to put money aside to plan for a vacation six months to a year from now. That is something to hold on to and look forward to. Related to that is the belief that I can't save money. Even if you never saved a penny in your entire life, you can save money, okay? Um, It's not a foregone conclusion. I like to say, what proof do you have that you can't save money? Have you ever tried to save money? You know, saving money could be starting as little as putting the change in a change uh, jar at the end of the week, at the end of the month. You could be accruing a lot because you didn't use that spare change or rounding it up in your bank account to pay yourself. So say you purchased something and it was $20.70. So you could designate that 30 cents to your savings account. And however many um, things that you make, oh, goodness gracious. However many, however many purchases you make and you round that up or or put the rounded up amount into your savings, at the end of the month, at the end of the year, you're going to be saving. Would it be as much as if you had designated $50, $100, $25? Wherever you can, put some money aside. It will add up. Um, So again, you can save money. Anybody can save money if you are focused and dedicated at it and you are strategic at it. Um, Let's see. If I have too much money, I'll lose my values. Okay, this is that part two I told you about in the beginning of this discussion. Um, People think that being rich or being wealthy means that you're bankrupt in your character. Let's just say it straight out, that you're a ruthless, mean, horrible person if you have too much money. Money doesn't give values according to Step Up. This goes back to the negative belief that money is evil. In fact, money doesn't do anything on its own. We give the money the value, we choose how to spend it, and we choose how it is saved. It is your actions, your behavior, and what you do with your money that matters, that counts, or can potentially count to benefit other people. So the next one is, I can't love my career and make a lot of money. So especially for people in helping professions or service professions, you think you love what you do, you love helping people, and it's not meant for you to make money, right? Wrong, wrong. 
you can find a career you enjoy and make a difference and make money simultaneously. There are tons of ways to make money and you can still create wealth even when you like your job. It's just being open to other ideas and not having this limiting belief that in order to do the job you love, you can't make money. And that is what closes you off from money-making opportunities, um, from investment opportunities, all the things. So, so it is not true that you can't love your career, that you have to hate your career in order to make money or that you can't love your career and make a lot of money. So the next belief is that I'll never have enough money. Some people view money as security, but thinking that you'll never have enough isn't true. I have had some people tell me that they prefer to keep thinking of it that way as a motivating factor. And folks, that's just another way to buy yourself some more stress or make life more stressful. If you think of it that way, that's too limiting a belief um, that you'll never have enough money. So you think that you have to hustle, hustle, hustle all the time. It's the hustle, hustle, hustle brought on by this limiting belief that gets you fatigued, that gets you stressed out, that may cause you to make poor money decisions. Again, trying to get a quick solution or a quick return, um, a high yield return. Maybe you're taking risks that you shouldn't be taking or too many high risk uh, investment instead of having more of a balance. So I'm not, I'm not a financial planner. I am not a, a certified tax accountant or um, certified CPA. What I can tell you is what your beliefs do in your ability to acquire more wealth and your ability to um, identify good ventures and to create more positive spending and saving habits. Um, that isn't it, thinking that you'll never have enough money. So what would you do? What can you do? Again, if you are one of these people who believes these beliefs or the other um, ones on this 19, um, 19 item list of toxic financial beliefs, I'm charging you to examine yourself, examine your thoughts and challenge them. Um, we think a lot of thoughts all day, every day, good, bad, and indifferent, but don't allow the, the thoughts to flower that will cause you to feel more insecure, uh, more stressed, more anxious. Don't allow those, challenge them. Don't let them stay as fact without countering them, without saying, you know, what proof do I have of this? Who do I know in my life that, you know, could have intentionally, accidentally given me this message? Um, and is that really true? Where can I find proof of that? If you can't find proof of that, let it go. What could you do instead? What would be a more helpful and productive way to think about money, about saving money, about your spending habits, about your ability to get out of debt, what would be a more healthful and 
proactive way to deal with your debt, with your financial status, without closing your eyes and pretending that it's not there. Um, what is a better way to think about that? What other resources do you have here in this part of Florida on the Gulf Coast of Florida? We have the Women's Resource Center where if you are of very modest income, you can go and get some budgetary help. Um, there are other individuals online that are available to teach you how to plan a budget. And we will be talking about budgeting probably in the third or fourth part of this series. But again, if you're only going to see money as a thing to be afraid of, as a thing to beat yourself up over, you're not solving the problem. The problem is ongoing. You're going to get more stressed out, which may cause you to miss work because you're getting headaches and you're not sleeping well. That is not the way to go about it. Again, challenge your thoughts. Don't let them just live and rent free in your head if there's no basis on them. Change what you can. Make small changes at the level that you're able to start at. You know, like I said, it could be as simple as saving some of your change from your transactions for food, for gas, and so on, and agreeing to put that into some kind of savings for yourself. Um, maybe it is putting it like on automatic in your bank account, or if you have one of those e-checking accounts, you can set up the savings to round it up too. Um, and it may not get your savings built as fast as other things, but if you need a place to start, just to prove to yourself that you can grow your money, that would be a way to start. And also to start giving yourself credit and get some tangible proof that you are changing your financial situation. So you will take up the opportunities for investing here or there or trying a new business once you've considered all the options. So my plan, my hope for you is in this series, helping you to be more financially well, less financially anxious, less financially depressed um, because of your financial situation. And also to equip you with some ways to get some advice to help yourself. As I said, this is inspired by an article in Money Tamer um, written by Stefa, I've got to find her name again, because she has a lot of letters behind her name. Oh, where did it go? I apologize, people. I tried to get my notes in order and keep them in order, but in going through this, um, I lost it again. So here we are. Her name is Stefa Matilla, M-A-T-I-L-L-A, and she is a C-F-E-I. Um, and it is available again on Money Tamer. I don't have the exact date for this article, um, but I will try to include her information in the liner notes. We talked about Lonette Colfani Cox. Um, she is an author, um, very uh, well-recognized journalist, um, she wrote the book Debt Free. Um, you can take a look at her and see her book, see her free offerings with regards to financial um, habits and improving those financial habits. 
And Deborah Owens, um, Get Wealthy with Deborah Owens is another one. So thank you guys for joining me today on the couch. I know it's not a comfortable subject. Thank you for bearing with me. If you know somebody else who could benefit from this series, please share it out to them. Also drop me um, a line um, at info at drcarmensears.com and let me know what other topics you'd like to hear on the podcast related to emotional health and living well. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on the couch with Dr. Carmen or subscribe to me on pod, podcast and Spotify and Anchor FM. And if you share me out or mention me and your socials, don't forget to hashtag Dr. Carmen, D-R Carmen um, on that. So I will see what you mentioned. I appreciate you and I'm here for you. Have a wonderful day and be well.